The Human Podcast features weekly service audio from the Unitarian Universalist Metro Atlanta North Congregation of Roswell, Georgia. Please visit us at human.org. Hello and good morning. My name is Shelley Negrani and I'm a member of this congregation and I'm pleased to serve as your worship associate today. On behalf of our speaker, Lila Lockridge, our music director, Alex Peach, our director of religious exploration, Lexi Tagney, who grabbed the baby as soon as she came in the... Um, And our tech team, which is led by Bruce Langston, our greeters and ushers, I welcome you to Unitarian Universalist Metro Atlanta North, which we lovingly call human. At human, we offer no creed or dogma. Many Many of us have come here because here we have the opportunity to engage in an open-minded and compassionate search for truth and for purpose, being mindful of the love we hold for one another and for the world in which we live. Everyone is invited to join us for coffee and conversation after the service. We gather both in Fellowship Hall and on the porch to catch up, and then at 11.15, we begin second hour, small group conversations. The two groups this morning are Poetry Forum, led by Roland Mathis, and the Service Reflections, which is led by Dave Kroper. Um, 
you'll notice that we have gotten hymnals because the COVID level is such that we can begin singing again. I'm so excited. And so on that note, please turn to um, hymn number 1018 in your Till hymnal. Come and go with me. like two years since we've done that. So, so much fun. Our call to worship this morning is by Dr. Martin Luther King. Darkness cannot drive out darkness. Only light can do that. Hate cannot drive out hate. Only love can do that. Priya, will you help me with the chalice lighting? Please join me in the chalice lighting. As we kindle this flame, we honor and remember those who have passed into the mystery. Their brightness lives on in our vision. Their courage lives on in our commitments. And their love continues to bless the world through us. Please stand as you're able. Did we get it done? Great. Please.
Please stand as you're able and join in singing hymn number 1008, When Our Heart is in a Holy Place. I realize that we have uh, several visitors here this morning, and I forgot to say that um, our minister, Dave Dunn, um, takes one Sunday a week off, a month off. <laughs> he's, he's going for the one once a week, but it's not happened yet. Um, but it gives us the opportunity to hear other voices in our pulpit, and um, so I just wanted to let you know he'll be back next week.
been trying to figure out why I'm feeling like sort of nervous. And I realized, you know how it is when you have like a group of friends and then you bring a new friend and you wonder, if, are they going to like her? Is she going to like them? And that's what's going on for me right now. So I'm glad you all showed up and you're all looking so wonderful. I'm very proud of you. For this Sunday service, I've been reflecting on beliefs, particularly spiritual beliefs. It feels strange that we can be so convinced of the truth of our spiritual beliefs when there is actually no way to prove what we believe. We can be certain that our beliefs are working for us, but we cannot be certain that they are true That's why we call them beliefs. And yet, there are few things about which people can be more certain and adamant than religion or spirituality. It is mysterious to me that women can be Christian or Muslim or Jewish because, in my opinion, all three of those religions serve to keep women in our place. And they expect us to also feel guilty about ourselves. I have also been baffled that the black church is so strong when it appears to me that God doesn't do a great job of protecting black people. Baffled may not be quite the right word because actually what I have felt is more of a disagreement or a judgment than bafflement. There's a way to ask why when we're actually saying, justify your actions or your opinions or your belief in the face of my superior understanding. That is really the way I asked the question over the years. But I have enough of an education to know that thinking my understanding is superior is just another form of white supremacy. Another way to ask why is to have genuine curiosity, to be open to the possibility that I may not know something and seek an opportunity to learn. I waited until I got to the point of genuine curiosity, and then I began asking my question out loud. One day, I asked my friend Lila about black people's belief in God And she had the generosity to answer my question while being clear that she really speaks for herself alone. I invited her to speak here today because I was fascinated and enlightened by her answer. I invited her because her talk gives us the opportunity to live our third principle, acceptance of one another and encouragement to spiritual growth in our congregations. Lila is someone with whom I have worked um, and been consistently blown away by her understanding of people and of the world and the way it works, her ability to sort of check with the direction that we're going in and ensuring that we're going in the right direction. Um, but including people along the way and not sort of taking off with her superior knowledge. So I'm really delighted to bring Lila up to share herself with you.
Thank you so much, Shelley. You ask great questions, and I want to say about Shelley, um, she has a really uh, sparkling curiosity that um, keeps conversations uh, fresh and enlightening. And I'm really grateful to be here with you all today. I wish you um, peace and well-being this morning. Um, in having, I have, uh, in, in my work as a public health professional, that is also how I came across Shelley's path, um, doing work for community well-being and health, working in behavioral health. Um, it gave me the gift of, of meeting Shelley. In having read your seven principles, the human seven principles, or the UU seven principles, I appreciate number four a free and responsible search for truth and meaning. And I'd like to just share the path that I have traveled um, in my search for truth and meaning. As a child, I grew up in the nation of Islam, so I spent a lot of time in the mosque with my family. Uh, and then later, because my mother thought that it was the best place for me, uh, I, for high school, I attended a Catholic girls' school for those four years, and I appreciated the rituals and the stories of saints um, that I encountered in Catholic school. Mind you, I had not entered a church at all before attending Catholic school, and so it was quite startling to me, <laughs> uh, never having heard an Our Father or a Hail Mary to attend religious, religion class at age 14. Uh, so it was, it was quite a, an experience. In college, I found a community that practiced Ifa, which is a West African uh, Yoruba tradition. And what I appreciated about that was how the honor of ancestors was central to its practice. Next, I learned to meditate through a guru-led Hindu tradition, and I enjoyed the clarity and peace that chanting brought me. And seeking further, I explored two Buddhist traditions. I've made an educational journey through systems of faith, and at each stop on the path, I sought an authentic fit for myself, a sense of truth, support, and wisdom from its teachings. The evolution and extension of my search for truth and meaning has led me to this moment to share this idea. To forgive is to cease to feel resentment against. For the purpose of this talk, I'll expand that definition. I will say that it is the act of looking past the errors of one who has done us harm. It is also an act of faith in one's fundamental goodness. Anyone who cares for children can relate to this experience shared by a friend of mine. He was roughhousing with his son, who was young, and, and the, the, the child was landing some very good punches and kicks <laughs> that were actually very painful. <laughs> As the adult, he knew not to scold him because he knew that his son didn't have all the information. He knew that he wasn't aware of the harm that he he was causing. So his, the, the father forgave him easily. We tend to treat adults differently. Any discussion of forgiveness begs the question, what is there to forgive? When we've felt hurt by someone, we typically chart our grievances. We tell anyone who listen what our offender did to us. Did a coworker or classmate take credit for your work? 
Did someone we regarded as a friend spread gossip about you? Did a love interest reject you? Did someone steal from you? We've learned to hang on to our resentment, our anger, our pain, and tuck it away for safekeeping. We may feel it's the only thing we have a right to after the loss of the safety or trust in the relationship. Particularly if the offender hasn't acknowledged what occurred. So we catalog the offense for safekeeping. What's more, we get comfort from the judgment that comes with having been wronged. We say, well, I'm better than that person who did that thing. Can anybody relate to that? It makes us feel better. The problem with this is that our condemnation doesn't stay with the offender. From here forward, I'll just refer to fellow humans as brother and sister. This may be anyone we relate to, a coworker, a friend, a parent, a partner, or a spouse who we feel has harmed us in some way. If I toss my anger and judgment at my brother, it seems to go away from me, but in truth, it boomerangs back. It comes back to resettle in my heart and in my mind. And we can spend years blaming a sister for something she did years ago that left a mark. We blame our sister out loud, reminding others of the offense whenever we get the opportunity, or we may hold it silently seething inside us. Here's another metaphor for ease of understanding. Imagine you've managed to put the offender, your brother, who you blame, in jail. The problem with a jail is that someone has to stand watch. Whoever holds a grievance against a brother who chooses not to forgive has made herself the jailer, the key bearer, pacing the floor to make sure that the brother doesn't forget the offense and doesn't go free. What a terrible job to sign up for, right? Like, that's a terrible job in addition to the ones we already have, <laughs> the other jobs. Why does it work this way? Why are we bound to our brother inmate? Because we are one with a capital O. The seventh principle speaks to this. Together, we are like a blanket floating in air, and we are each a thread of that blanket. Being interconnected, each thread contributes to the integrity of the whole. Each thread weaves over and under the others, across the entire blanket. And likewise, if I choose to cut a thread in the weave, the blanket loses its integrity, its function. It's likely to develop holes and drafts. Anything I do to another, my sister or brother, I do to myself because we are interconnected and interdependent. As our prolific national activist and theologian, Dr. Martin Luther King said, we are caught in an inescapable network of mutuality, tied in a single garment of destiny. Whatever affects one directly affects all indirectly. 
So we can be bound in suffering or bound in love. The choice is ours. And you see, here's the rub. <laughs> the person you wronged didn't understand this mutuality. Your mom didn't know that when she withheld hugs, she harmed herself as well. Your coworker didn't know that when he spoke about you as an object, that he diminished his own humanity. The mean kids at school don't know that when they tease and bully, that they hurt their own self-esteem. They are unaware that they've made a hole in the blanket. This harkens to a prominent teaching, Jesus the Christ's words to his father as he hung on the cross after being attacked and ridiculed, forgive them, Father, for they know not what they do. I would say that we all need forgiveness because so often we know not what we do. I've come to understand that to identify with feelings of anger, fear, and resentment among so many loveless feelings is what it means to be separate from my creator, my life force. These mental and emotional states are all forms of suffering that result from forgetting what I am. I was created from love, peace, innocence, and divinity, and these ideas do not leave their source. I assert that you all are too created from love, peace, innocence, and divinity. I do not leave my source, but I must remember to embody them the benefit of forgiveness is that when I forgive my sister, I'm choosing to identify with love, peace, innocence, and divinity. In so doing, I move more lightly in the world. I'm able to live without the weight of the past and the burden of victimization on my shoulders. When I practice forgiveness, I can live in peace, being fully present now, being fully present now. How does that sound? To move through the world with lightness and ease. Meaning can be so complex though, right? So I wanna clarify what forgiveness is not. Forgiveness is not allowing harm to continue. Forgiveness is not giving a pass to bad behavior that is persistent. Using good com communication and setting boundaries will go a long way to preventing harm, disrespect, and abuse from occurring. So how do we fix it? How do we forgive? Are you ready? This is what I did. I encourage you to make a list of anyone toward whom you hold anger or resentment, anyone against whom you hold a grudge, even that person, the difficult person. <laughs> and that is likely the first person you think of. <laughs> it doesn't matter whether the offense was great or small, uh, great or slight. And I will tell you that one way you can find out, identify who these people should be, if you don't know what you're angry about, look instead for what hurts. 
that'll show you what needs forgiving. Because frequently anger is a mask for hurt. Anger makes us feel stronger when we are hurt. Showing anger has been acceptable to our society. We have tended to believe that revealing we're hurt is to show weakness. And weakness is another idea that wants us to transform our perception of it. And, but that's a different talk. So back to forgiving. If, have you made a short list? Do you have a name, a face in mind? You know who they are. This is the work of forgiveness. It takes courage to do this. But the payoff is good. If you don't do it now, take time later, in a quiet moment, to imagine this person in your mind's eye. Imagine that he is greater than the worst thing he did. Next, make the effort to look past his offense. Move the veil of his offense aside to find his innocence and his divinity beyond. Are you willing to look for the innocence and divinity in those who have harmed you? Here's another exercise that has worked for me, and it's, it's closer to home. Imagine that, I imagine that I harmed someone in exactly the same way as someone harmed me. A literal one for one. And then I ask myself, wouldn't I want to be forgiven if I was aware that I had done that harm? The answer always come back, comes back as yes. It just takes a little willingness, this process. I believe that with a little willingness, you will set your brother free, and yourself too. And in so doing, we liberate us all. Thank you. Please stand as you're willing and able and join in singing hymn number 1017, Building a New Way.
Nurture our spirit, strive for justice, transform the world. This is our mission, which we accomplish through donating and sharing our time, our treasure, and our talents with each other. The offering will now be received. Oh, and if, you're, if you like, you can use the Givelify app on your phone. We give thanks for these gifts and commit to use them judiciously for the growth and nurturing of this congregation and of the world. Please join me, Priya, will you extinguish the chalice? Please join me in extinguishing the chalice. We extinguish this flame, but not the light of truth, the warmth of community, or the fire of commitment. These we carry in our hearts until we are together again.
As we all go forward, may we remember that when we forgive others, we create grace for the forgiveness of all of us. The Unitarian Universalist Metro Atlanta North Congregation of Roswell, Georgia, thanks you for listening to the Human Podcast. Background music, courtesy of Tim Moore from Pixabay. <laughs>